0: Hi, I'm Jesse Meekham. I'm going to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy.
1: This is a conversation that I need to have. I need to have it because I want to make sure I stick to the idea of personal finance and making it happen. Professional finance as well. When I talked to Mike McCallowitz, which of course is an episode in the archives before we talked about profit first. Amongst, you know, other things including his more recent book. This time I get to talk to Jesse Meekham, who is the founder of You Need a Budget to talk about personal finance, the relationship to productivity. This is a great conversation. I'm so happy that we're able to bring it to you today. So let's get to it. Um, You know, first off, Jesse is a personal finance expert. So this is not just a conversation with anybody. He's also a speaker and a business leader. Uh, He hosts the You Need a Budget podcast, which you should also subscribe to, and the Beginning Balance podcast. He's also the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of you need a budget. He's a self-proclaimed recovering CPA and is deeply passionate about teaching individuals, families, and business owners, NABS four rules to help them gain total control of their money. You're going to hear about that much more during this conversation. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Jesse Meekum. Enjoy. Jesse, I needed to have you on this program because, uh, I needed to learn how to budget, and I needed to have better control over my finances, because I've got to handle on time and tasks to a degree. Yes, but, but the thing I've always struggled with, and you can talk to Mrs. Vardy about this, is money. <laughs> and we tried so many different things, but it was you need a budget that kind of landed. So I'm really excited to have you on the program today. Thanks for taking the time to join me.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad to be here, and I'm always happy to be chatting with someone that's an actual bonafide user so this will be fun
1: and i've been listening to the audiobook. uh which okay I've to, so i've been listening to the to your audio book which we'll link to in the show notes as well as the the all the other places you can get it but uh and you talk about in the book the story of like why you started you need a budget and what it be, what it kind of it, it seemed to me like it was a bit of a side project right and it kind of just oh off yeah absolutely it, right, right? Mm-hmm, go ahead yeah. and share that a little bit
0: Yeah. So we, uh, my wife and I got married young. We were both working for 10 bucks an hour, uh, going to school at the university, uh, got married and you combine two people's finances that aren't making a lot of money. There's, there's zero synergy. It's just, you know, you're still just like, okay, still poor. Um, but I knew we needed to focus on watching those, I'd say pennies. I was going to say dollars. It might've been pennies back then. It was, it was tight. Um, we also, Decided a few months later, we're like, "Oh, we want to have a baby." So the baby was the real impetus. Uh, we wanted Julie, my wife, to be able to step out of the workforce and just focus on doing the mom thing. And we wouldn't be able to make it through school for me, where I could finish up getting an accounting degree, work for an accounting firm. We wouldn't have been able to do that without either taking on debt, which I did not want to do, mm-hmm. or having Julie stay in the workforce, which we did not want her to do. Right. So. That was where I thought, okay, this little spreadsheet that I'd made for just me and Julie, literally a spreadsheet. I thought maybe other people would want to buy this spreadsheet from us. And so I, I launched youneedabudget.com back in September of 04 and realized about six months in that it should be real software, but didn't. it wasn't making enough money to do anything with it. Ran it for about a year and a half as a spreadsheet little business. And sometimes people will say, like, well, how did you keep people from stealing it, copying it? You didn't. You just... You just trusted humanity at that point. And um, but a little while later, it was early 06, where I had scraped together enough money, uh, intending originally to buy a house with it, because this was oh six, Mike, and you remember you had to buy a house yep. in 06 or thereabouts. So we but we before you know, we kind of were like, Oh, we're gonna forego the house and we're gonna pay someone to build actual software, and replace the spreadsheet. And from there, we've just done the whole tech iteration game. The phones came out a couple of years later. We started working on those, the iPad came out. The web started becoming a thing. You started being able to run really nice, smooth web apps and, uh, so here we are, you know, we're even on Alexa. You can ask her, you know, hey, Alexa, how much is in my groceries category? And she'll tell you or your friends if they ask her. So you got to be careful. You know, you know, <laughs> we've just, done that. We've done yeah. that. We've, yeah. we've
1: added things. You're like, hey, we just bought this. We just bought that. I mean, it's really uh, I'm kind of glad Alexa doesn't go. You've gone over on your liquor budget, Mike. I'm like, no, no, yes. no, no, no. I don't need to hear about that. I don't need.
0: <laughs> Again, Mike. Again. Yeah. We have a skill for that. You yeah. Know? And then she said, <laughs> push some other skill for you. But yeah.
1: Um. It, it, you know, it, what I loved about it is that, I mean, one of the things I grew up uh, learning about was, well, you learned about it from your parents, really. Like, that's yeah, how you hopefully. learned about finance. Well, yeah. but you, but well, hopefully, but... Well,
0: sometimes. yes, I should say, yes. you're right. Either way, you Either learned way, something. Either way, you did, yeah. right? Absolutely.
1: And so yeah. the two things you're not taught about in school are the things that we are experts in. You're an expert in money uh, and money management. I'm an expert in time management. And those are things that are not really kind of gone into into great detail in yeah. school growing up so one of the things that i've really liked about this using you need a budget is that it gets things kind of there's a simplicity to it right you know what yeah. i mean like there is this um this is what you have this is how you work with it and how do you the, but there is some willpower involved like you can't mm-hmm. just you set your budget up and then you kind of uh, you have to make sure you stick with the categories. What are some tips for people who, if they're using, you need a budget. And if you're not, you, you totally should be because it's uh, fantastic. And it it's converted me into somebody who can actually save money. And especially, again, like you, my wife and I are both self-employed. We can't, like, it's feast or famine sometimes depending on the yes, time of year, yes. right? So how do you... One one of the things that, that I think is important for people to know is not just about the like moving the numbers around and making it work, but also making sure that you stick to that budget. What are some of the tips that you can kind of offer people who maybe struggle with that despite having those intentional kind of uh, line items in there?
0: Yeah. One is just to give yourself loads of grace. So you're you're just starting out. You're the worst. I, my, so my second son, he's just learning to drive. Yeah. He's got his permit, big deal. And he sits behind the wheel and he's a competent individual. He's—I I was, I was telling my wife, I said, confident incompetence is the worst thing. He's not confidently incompetent. So I just told him, I said, hey man, just so you know, this is, I'm not trying to offend you, but you are at this moment, the world's worst driver. And he, we drove around in the parking lot and practiced driving between lines and all this stuff. And at the end, he's like, am I still the world's worst driver? I said, absolutely. You mm-hmm. still absolutely are, but we'll get there. And I wanted a friend as far. I'm like, you're the worst. But we're gonna get in the car every day and practice this with budgeting. People will come in. I mean, they they maybe haven't ever done this in their lives. Yeah. And they're they're just expecting perfection. So the first thing is like, there is no perfect. It's not a budget. It is a process. It is budgeting, mm-hmm. right? And and so it's just this process of looking at what you have and asking yourself, is this still what I want my money to do? And you know, I was gonna maybe we can get into this a little bit, but that time and money are money is just downstream from time. So you're upstream a little further on and you're just saying, Hey, everybody, here's how you manage your energy. And you know, you manage your time, you, you, you funnel your energy into this unit of time and then pop, you know, value pops out. And then hopefully if real value, value pops out, you see it represented as a dollar. And so I'm really a productivity expert just with the different unit of measurement. We both just still them. We want them to be productive. You want time, time to be used well, you want people to be productive. And I'm just saying, okay, now that we've worked so hard, we've optimized, we're giving ourselves grace in how we manage our day and being ahead of everything and making sure that we're doing the right things. So many people, they're so good at that. And then as soon as all that effort is translated into a dollar, they're just like, ah, that's that's not for me. It's like, no, no, it's the same thing. It's Mm -hmm. still just effort. It's just stored up in this little piece of paper, you know, ones and zeros on your screen. But it's, that's it's, the key.
1: Yeah, it's the journey too. That's the other thing too. Is I think a lot of people are like, I can't wait, like for time, they're like, and their to do list, like can't wait to get it all done. I am like, you are. It's yes. no, that's it's a pr- again. It's this is and with money too. It's like there is these two universal things that are ongoing. Once mm. you get your head wrapped around that, ne- you are never going to be done with either until you are done.
0: Yeah, we don't talk about that. No, but let's not talk about that. No, no, but the point
1: is, is that that, (laughs) but having a sense of that and, and uh, I've been bringing up this book quite a lot lately, Oliver Berkman's 4,000 weeks. It's a a book that that he wrote. uh, It's he's written the antidote, but this book, he's like, look, basically you have about the at best 4,000 weeks to live. Like he, Locks it down there because it's about yeah. 80 years old. And he goes, we're never going to get all of those things. We have to be willing to let go of certain things. And and, and I think that what he's trying to say is, and as it goes through, it's just, I, I found myself nodding a lot when I was listening to him read the book to me, right? But this idea of... Um, you're never going to get, i mean if you get to the point where you're not going to have to worry about managing your money i think that's a problem just like if you're not going to have to worry about managing your time those things are ongoing there <laughs> and i think it's it's important to make sure that people can do this sustainably and consistently and what i like about about YNAB is that you it, it makes it doable you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah. seem onerous and yes. when it does feel onerous i think it's again the same thing you're talking about with time it's because you're putting too much into it You're adding too many like and then you're like, oh, I don't need this or or this is something that should just, you know, I wouldn't say take care of itself on its own, but I don't want to add any more any more to this because it's not so it's not essential. So go
0: ahead. Yeah, yeah. we we see it. like Well, some examples of that that Mm. we see that brass tacks people will go in and they'll forecast what they will learn and forget being on like self-employed for a second so that's a whole other beast on its own but they will just go in and say well i'm going to make this i'm going to make that that is a a dynamic variable that is all over the place most people do not have level earnings they'll say well i have a salary but if you look at their actual inflows they're they're up and down they get little windfalls things happen it's it's pretty fascinating to watch so that's one is a, a variable that people bring in that shouldn't be the way that, that the author, for I need to read that book, he framed 4,000 weeks is he was basically saying, this is finite. Yep. And, and recognizing a finite resource demands, then a level of scrutiny and rigor. Mm-hmm. And what we do in budgeting, instead of thinking about, okay, well, you'll make this much money, Mike, or, Hey, it'll be an up month next time. So let's, let's, patch over any kind of issues right now. No hard conversations because next month will be better. That's the siren song. What we do is say, okay, Mike, what do you have in your checking account right now? Mm-hmm. And whether it's $300 or 30,000, the exercise is the same. So, okay, with that money, what would you like to do before you're paid again? And it's a way of making it finite. It's the same way we look at a day and we say, okay, this day, what do I need to get done? Yep. We can't Look, 10 years out. So those two things, rec- getting your arms around a finite resource, and that is what is in your checking account, that is the the launch pad from which we can say, okay, all the other noise can kind of fall by the wayside. We're just going to focus focus on a known number, money in your account. There are a few other things that people are doing to try and manage their money well. They'll open up lots of accounts. They'll hide money from themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll They'll kind of have arbitrary rules. All of them are fine, but a lot of times it's just a lot of extra noise for not a lot of value. Well,
1: yeah, and the same thing happens with to-do lists, right? Like they will say, "I'm going to uh, I'm going to work on this project," and they'll just write down "work on X project." I'm like, "You're not going to make you're not going to make any progress because you need to break it down into smaller particles." Same thing with like you've got the categories, but then sometimes inside of those, they're like you've got the the headers, and and we've done this with ours. We're like, oh. Like we went on a trip this summer and we put everything we could have gone really micromanaged and said, OK, this trip, we're going to have a dining budget. This, da, 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 da. We could have yeah. done all that. We're like, no, you know what? We know Let's mentally figure out. Here's how much money we have. How much can we spend on this trip? And that means everything. Yeah. Like, So we could have gone to that granular level of we can only spend four hundred dollars on food. and this, But nah. that would have that would have sullied the experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're just going to go. This is the budget for the trip. We may have money left over, we may not, but this is and, and the adage that you you talk about, which again, there's that relation between time and money. Every dollar has a job. Well, every day has a job. Every week has a. Every cent has a job. Like I mean, there is once you start to work in the present tense, which is what Winab really does. I mean, yes, you've got the goals that you can set. It really is powerful because it gives you heightened awareness, clarity, perspective, all those soft skills that will allow you to go, oh here's what's really happening. How can I make sure that nothing's going to fall by the wayside while all of this stuff is
0: happening? Right. Yes. Yeah. So you're, you're doing these present calculations with time. You're kind of saying, okay, I have this objective in the future. And if you're doing it well, you're breaking it up and you're saying, here's what I need to do kind of along the way. Mm-hmm. So you are projecting, but you're dealing with a finite uh, resource that is the day ahead of you. Right. And we do the second rule. I mean, you mentioned our first rule of giving every dollar a job and that's, that's tantamount to it. just, you, you have to, or it's paramount to just the whole system. The second rule we're talking about is embracing your true expenses, and it can be—it's akin to a project where we're saying, okay, there are larger, less frequent expenses that will just kind of suddenly sneak up on you. Like my kid's science book—you know—that they're supposed to read this book and write a paper or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, dad, this is due tomorrow," and you're like, "Hmm, I don't think it was assigned today, though. you know." And we we often act like our, our expenses are like, I had no idea. I just snuck up. It's like a homework assignment was given three months ago. So in that sense, you are always operating in the present, mm-hmm. but it's like you have future Mike that's there and is like, Hey, the project will be due and I'll be the one walking up to the client or whatever with this. So, We need to start, and like the both of you together, current Mike, future Mike are negotiating, like what's current Mike going to do to move this along? And we do we need to do that with our money. So when we say, hey, I want to spend money for this trip you were mentioning, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's going to be in six months. It's like future future Vardis, they're there, they're having fun. And they're just like, guys, throw us a bone. We want to have, we don't want the experience solid. We want to be able to just enjoy ourselves, not penny pinch. And so current Vardis are like, okay, yeah, well we can manage that. But it's all in balance. There's this tension between like, should we go out tonight for sushi and the trip in six months? And that's the beauty of it, where you're negotiating your current to-dos with big projects that are like the, you know, the Stephen Covey thing, like the important, but not like, you know, hair on fire type stuff. That's what we, that's so many expenses are that way. When they hit explosions and we're like, oh, oh, just this month is abnormal. Every other month is normal. Not, not the case at all. We will always have these big expenses that creep up. So we want to, consider the future but within the constraint of current resources and that's where the magic starts happening do
1: you think that as you're talking about this i was thinking about like the matrix you're talking about the eisenhower matrix the cut matrix and i in my experience uh, more people have things in that urgent important category than there ever should be we know that those should have there should be very few things in there do you find the same thing with money as well because i think there's that correlation there where it's like oh Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, This is both important and urgent now. So, again, like, we need to, again, the vacation thing. Oh, crap. We leave tomorrow. We're going to have to borrow money off of the cart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there's that urgent important thing ends up uh, or even a misconflation of this is urgent now it really isn't important, but they get that confusion there because do you find that happening with, with I do
0: think the urge, the urgency, I mean, the urgency is what causes people to swipe the card. It's like the car tire blew out because car tires wear out. I will be the first in line to buy infinitely useful car tires. Sure. But until then they'll wear out. And so, it is not urgent by definition because the, the car is functioning perfectly. The project is not urgent by definition because it's not due yet. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the due date hits, as soon as the car tire blows, it moves into urgency. And neither you nor I can sit there to that person on the side of the road and be like, oh, no, it's not urgent. They're like, no, no, it is. Yep. But did it have to be? That's that's the the ticket. So. Well, often wine will, you know, we're told in mainstream personal finance of which I'm definitely a part for the most part, um, three to six months of emergency funds, mm-hmm. right? That's a kind of a standard trope. What wine find out is as they're looking ahead to larger, less frequent expenses, and they're looking back at their bank statement and finding like where four digits pop out or five digits pop out, like, what was that? What mm-hmm. was that? You know, you can start to kind of be informed of these recurring things that are irregular, but regular. Mm-hmm. They if they become more and more aware of the fact that water heaters fail and kids have to have their arms put in a cast or whatever, these are all personal experience recently. That's why I'm saying those. The, the idea is that these emergencies, these urgencies that we've experienced, Mm -hmm. they really aren't. And as people look ahead and start to plan for the future, following our second rule, they notice that they, if they do have a little emergency fund, three to six months, it just doesn't get touched Mm -hmm. because it's not an emergency if you're ready for it. Right. right, And that's where we start to try and see people. Like, we see these, I don't know, these connections being made in their mind. I, I love when someone has their water heater go out, not, you know, not on its face, I don't love it.
1: But <laughs> You're just going when, around going, ha, 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 Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, that was
0: great, you'll learn something. This'll be fantastic. No, but it's, it's very much just, I love it when they're like, yeah, the water heater went out, life goes on, super normal month. Mm-hmm. We really wanna just get finances boring. Right you now, well, and, and, and yeah.
1: you know what's interesting is is um, and I, one of the things that I ask people to do with their to do list apps because again, Wine allows you... Uh, apps are great in the terms of storage and heightened yeah. awareness because you can see them and and I mean the fact that you can go onto Wine app and I can enter things and I did the other day I think I bought uh, well I went and watched a wrestling pay per view and I went to McDonald's because the guy was late and so we ended up go- I'm like okay well I didn't I need to eat we're gonna eat at his place he's late I'm gonna go. What do I have left for dining? Oh, I, I can spend 10 bucks at McDonald's. Fine. I'll go there eat at McDonald's. Yeah. And I just entered it at the time. And we have a. Um, and the great thing is, is that it, it seemed really weird, but I went, went to McDonald's, had the food, used the Walmart credit card to pay for it because my wife wants us to use that more because we get points. Everything happened in that. I'm like, okay, well, we know that's there. I immediately put the money back on the Walmart credit card right away. From, like, so yeah. the money, all the money did was move around, but the money was yeah. there to do its job. And I never went yeah. beyond. Um, what's interesting about the, the to-do list is, like, I have people that say, like, I will use ho- I use holiday lights as an example all the time, Christmas lights, where it's like, um, do, you, do you put up Christmas lights every year? Like, of course. I'm like, when do you put them up? And they're like, um, I'm like, December 1st. Is it like, do you have a date? They're like, well, no. I'm like, I bet you you put them up when you drive through your neighborhood and you think about it as soon as you see somebody having their Christmas lights up. Yeah, they're like, I'm like that's the trigger, right? I said, what if you had it in your to-do list app that every... I don't know, the day after Thanksgiving, you got a reminder. Remember, and that's the other thing, too, is that with to-do list apps, I don't like due dates on those. I, I refer mm-hmm. to them as attention dates. All that the to-do list app is supposed to do is go, hey, you might want to think about doing this. You don't have to yeah. do it today, but this I'm bringing this to your attention because, again, past Mike knew that he would want to put the Christmas lights up sometime before Christmas. Not mm-hmm. a week before Christmas, maybe. Not even... Two months before Christmas or (laughs) worst case scenario, (laughs) leave them up all year round and just like and (laughs) and people don't think about the mundane, putting those things that recur, like taking the garden hose where we live. You know, there's parts of the year where you don't want the garden hoses sitting out. You put them away like I have recurring. And it's like, why is that stuff there? I go, because I don't want to have to think about it. Yeah. Not all the time. I wanted to, like, someone bring it to my attention and go, oh, uh, you know, hoses need to go out. Great. Yeah, you're right, because summer's coming and we want to be able to walk. I don't want to be thinking about that when I see my grass or my garden dying. I'm like, oh, crap. If only I had put it. There has to be a better way. Like I think the same thing happens with finances. When you, when it, when you have a way of paying attention to it, and productivity is this way. Productivity is the marriage of intention and attention. What do you intend to do? How are you going to pay attention to it? And I think money... It works the same way. What do you intend to do with it? Okay, how are you gonna pay attention to it? And Wineab allows for that to happen, at least for me, and I know for lots of I mean, they're called Wineabbers. Like it's it's a yeah. it's it's a community too, right?
0: Welcome to the club. Yes, absolutely. It, it, I love that the the marriage of attention or of intention and attention. It is the it is the same. What we're saying first is we, we need you to intend something with your money mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And then you do need to attend to it. You can't just be like, I intend this, and then you walk away. Yep. It doesn't work. Like you, you know, when you go into McDonald's, you checked dining out. That was you attending to your former intention to spend only X on dining, right? Yep. So I, I love that. I'll probably have to steal that for the podcast as well because that marriage of the two, it, it can't be one or the other. It is, it is definitely both. If you don't have any intention, then you – it's Your money it's just aimless. does whatever due date came up yeah. late. You know whatever bills on top. Someone else like it's like when you go to hop into email to tell you know to have someone else tell you what to do. It's kind of that idea. Like yep. that happens with our money all the time. Yep. We it's, just yeah, go it, into the bank account and you're like, oh okay. I, I, guess I, I
1: often say that intention without attention is powerless, and attention without intention is aimless. And that's really what it is.
0: Oh, you have so many good luck, lo- good one liners, Like, This <laughs> is. Like, but it's, it's
1: it's well, I mean, which is, when we talk about due dates too, like you talked earlier about like future, Mike, like instead of worrying about a due date, which is a, what a lot of people do, and we're mm-hmm. again, we're kind of again, if we were taught time management and money management school, a great a, to a greater deal, we might not be cramming at the last minute. And yes. worse, what's worse is when it works out. If it works out no. a lot when you cram, and then you're like, oh, it's that confidence thing. Your t- confidence and competence. But that the danger is the complacency, right? It's when it yeah, becomes like, absolutely. oh, and then all of a sudden you fail. You're like, why did I fail? Well, because you crammed 14 times and it worked. But this was the one that it didn't. It's, I mean, I've run across this when I've done speeches. I've, I've got a gift for improv. And I would be like, oh, I'll do okay, I'll do okay. And then one time I didn't do okay. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I look like a hack. Well, I can't do that. You know, I, I mean, yeah. that's so, I mean, but the other great thing about that McDonald's experience wasn't that I went in saying, I don't know if I can. Afford to dine out. It was how much am I willing to spend? Like I went in and said, "Oh, I could spend ten bucks and be fine." But if it was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll only buy a five dollar thing because I can wait." Like so again, it was that heightened awareness around such a small thing that allowed for bigger. I walked out of there going, eh, "No big deal." I think fun. a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of people walk out going, "No big deal," but they don't have like you said that attention to it. Going, was it really not a big deal? Because it might be yeah. later. And I think Look, that that's
0: powerful. It's it's a shame when people are ask themselves, I mean, the, the most stressful question we ask around money is can I afford this? You know, whether yeah. it's like, can I afford this engagement ring? That's stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, but also like, can I afford to go out to this restaurant or that restaurant or whatever? And the, the sad thing is when people, let's say they can technically afford it. They have the money and they will be no worse for wear. They buy it. They don't know if they actually could afford it or not. So there's still consternation. And if they can't afford it, and they buy it, which you can do through cards quite easily Mm -hmm. in our day and age, then they also are, they're feeling guilty for sure because they just did that thing they swore they wouldn't do. You know, they, I put it on the card. I swear I wouldn't do this. So they're feeling guilty. They're now paying, you know, who knows what actually at the end of the day for all the interest and everything, but neither answer is, you know, either, yes, I can buy it and they really could, but they don't know they could stressful Mm -hmm. or they couldn't and they did it stressful. And so what we try and do is, you know, people look at, it's like what you were saying, like, do the project as your main Mm to-do. People look at their bank balance as this information source of like, can I afford this? And it's the most, it's, it's. I almost wish banks wouldn't tell us anything. Mm -hmm. They're just like, well, you know, how much is in your restaurant budget? How much is in your, you know, tools for the house budget, whatever it is. But the just pile of money, like, oh, you have a thousand dollars. It doesn't tell you anything except what the balance is. Right. We, we don't know if we can afford things. And, and so akin to breaking up the project into smaller and smaller pieces, we take that pile of money and say, okay, I actually can't make any good decisions just thinking about the project in this largest sense. I can't make any good decisions just looking at my thousand dollars. But once I start breaking it up, once I start looking at bills that are due and ask myself, what do I need to do? Then suddenly those smaller, more discrete piles of money you're making good decisions Mm -hmm. and then you're like, Oh, I'll just go to McDonald's. I can swing that good decision versus, you know, who knows what else people are doing.
1: Well, going to the pub going, I'll have a beer and and a bigger meal. I'm like, I don't need that. I'm going to like, it's just, and we're constantly making decisions. We're constantly making choices and every choice has a consequence, good or bad. And it's, it's, and I was going to ask you as we get close to wrapping up here, uh you need a budget you know as i as i embraced it i realized like this is not i'm going to use the term conventional like most people don't think of this in terms of conventional you know yeah. the way that, because it's again like time people are like okay well do as much as you can get as much done get to inbox zero you get that done you had a productive day you know oh well you know what i've i spent this money da, da 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 i looked at my bank balance i still have money there no big deal i paid my bills again and that's the other thing, too. I paid all my bills. Now I have this much money left instead of doing the whole like pay yourself for like profit first, which is uh, again, I'll link to the Mike McAllowitz episode because, you know, he, he, I learned about profit first. And that's another phenomenal yeah, and rather phenomenal. unconventional way to manage finances. How do you get people to embrace YNAB in the way that it's constructed? When it's such, it's almost like you're swimming upstream to a degree. Yeah. How do you, how have you managed to do that? Because it's. Once they're in, they're in. I think like that's it's like mm-hmm. getting things done. The getting things done. They're called GTDers and people who follow the time management stuff that I teach. Once they're in, they're like, oh, this. Why wasn't I doing this before? It just seems to make right. sense. Same thing. With yeah, Ryan. it
0: all seems obvious after the fact. Like right. we look for those light bulb moments right. for people where they're just like, oh, and it clicks. I mean, we're swimming upstream when we say, you know, the company is, you need a budget. And people are like, oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> you know, like they just like I don't want anything to do with that. So yeah. we're used to swimming upstream, perhaps, right. but we try and really quickly get people doing very concrete things. So tiny, tiny things. And we get them started with just what's in your bank account. And they'll say things like, well, I get paid Friday. So don't, you know, we're like, no, no, no." we want it simple, simple, simple. Mm-hmm. What's in your bank account akin to, you know, uh, GTD. It's just like, okay, everything in your head, everything on paper, right? Like the whole, like yep. this process, you got to start with something super concrete. And so we start them on that step and then we'll just say, what does that money need to do before you're paid again? And they'll so quickly still be like, well, when I'm paid Friday then, and it's like, mm, no, no, just for now this, and they'll be like, well, I got to fill up the car cause it was a quarter tank and you know, buy some food. The fridge is kind of empty. And I have this one bill that's due tomorrow and that's all their money. And on average people are walking around, at least in the U S their average bank account balances around 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's high, but then it just drops because there's a pile of bills waiting for the money yeah. and they just pounce so we try and flip it around and eventually you get a pile of money waiting for bills but that takes about four months for people but the idea is just to start them super small so then after that money is assigned to those specific jobs it's amazing how often people will say oh my gosh i feel better mm-hmm. like i feel i'm more in control and they haven't made more money they haven't even paid the bill that's due tomorrow yet but they feel better. That's that's that little dopamine hit we hope they experience early on. So in software and UX and all the work we do in product development, we're trying to to get them to be like, oh, I, I feel this. This is good. And then we just teach like crazy. So we have, I mean, more than half of our team are support people doing live chat emails because we recognize like, we're not mint we're not this set it and forget it like we are in the ring i'm going to use wrestling for yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. in the ring with you and or like hey come on call us over or whatever we have our metal chair ready i'm struggling but i'm going to try mike to just yeah, do whatever it. i can yeah it's it's working maybe but <laughs> so at the end of the day we're there to support people and we've seen they don't leave once they let us teach them so We're an education company masquerading as a software company. Mm -hmm. And we're really trying to rewire just how people think about their money. And it starts with just those few few steps.
1: You know, as you were talking about the idea of the bills and the noise that comes from it, because they're loud and they reach out to you. It's a lot like your email inbox compared to your own to-do
0: list. Oh, gosh, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like your email inbox is everybody else's demands. You deal with It's, again, you're dealing with those first. Like, okay, now I have time to do my stuff, but they don't. Because their energy's been sapped, all that stuff. And I mean, I'm not, um, I'm sure you're in the same boat. I'm not, when it comes to bills and stuff, I'm not saying ignore that stuff. I'm not saying don't oh listen to yeah. the emails. What I'm saying is, um, and I, I used to say, and again, my my perspective has changed over the years. So I used to say, don't answer email first thing in the morning. Don't check email first thing in the morning. But then you have people, again, because there's gaps in our knowledge, say, I'm a, I'm a CSR person. I'm customer sales. That's my job. I have to check you. I'm like, okay, okay. But then go to bed the night before or start the day with some of your own intentions. So at least they're there in front of you. So yes, you might have to deal with those, but learn how to manage those external forces. So you can deal with the internal forces that are going to have you have that same feeling you talked about, which is like, I feel better. I got at least, you know, one of the things I talk about now is like six things. Do your six things. The six, I call it. Like if it's mm-hmm. six six of your intentions, which by the way, could be somebody else's. One of them could be, I need to respond to the boss about that thing. But if it's your intention, that's great because now they're, yep. they're married, right? So if you can do those, at the end of the day, you close that. We do it in the shape of a hexagon. You close that hex, you're good. You close the hexagon. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm still going to do all the other stuff, but I did those six things. And I think what Love happens it. is we get stuck in... Like you said, the three th- you do these three things, the gas, the food, the bill, done. Oh, I managed my money today, the money I had with real, like the actual tangible things. Because let's face it, time you can't hold. And at this point, fewer people are holding on to money too. Oh, I mean, gosh. it's all, num- so right. It's all numbers. So I think that there is that such the reason I wanted to chat with you is not only because I'm a huge fan. And by the way, people who are listening to this and are watching this on YouTube are going, wow, this, mu- this episode must be sponsored by you need a budget. <laughs> like, Nope, I'm a big fan. I use it. I love it. And I think it's worth exploring. But also the fact of the matter is, is that it really does turn it, it, it flips the switch for me. It flipped the switch where I'm like, this is exactly how I treat my to do list, my time, all that stuff i If I treat money the same way they're they're all working together like it's just a, a an interesting um and um revolutionary' is not quite quite the right word, but it's it by flipping it on flipping the story and changing the story in your head about these things, I think it really makes a difference, and then again, knowing that it's it's a journey, it's all about the process as yeah. opposed to. Well, what does it look like at the end? I'm like, I don't know. None of us know. So let's just yeah. keep going along with it. Um, what's the future hold for you and and, uh, and you need a budget? Because I know that, I mean, you've got the book, the, the company has grown. I mean, we talked about before we started recording the idea of where I got into it, which is through Steam, mm-hmm. which people now yeah. know is like, oh, this is where I buy games. No, no, you can buy other things through it too, apparently budgeting yeah. software. Um, What's the future hold?
0: Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we're we're hard at work really trying to Crack some problems around debt making making, so we aren't anti debt, but right. most people, if you boost their awareness, you boost their intention the, or their awareness of what their intentions have been. They're kind of been aimless. They you do find that most people are like, oh, I want to get rid of that. Yeah, you know, like that. So we uh we are trying to build more tooling into that. Another one that's really interesting is the partner space where you have people sharing finances and how we could be more helpful there. The mm-hmm. the different dynamics between partners and how people, how partnerships approach this, where they you know, two spouses are like, Oh, I'm not doing it this way at all. And how people have a hundred different ways of getting along with money and with each other. And we want to be really, we want to facilitate that better. So there's that. And then I'm I'm really intrigued by having a lot of small businesses start to follow our four rules mm-hmm. and, small businesses fail too often because of cash flow good product good even like brilliant person but just the money hasn't been managed right and i think we we would do well there to just get people again that marriage of intention awareness like you said it's mm-hmm. just that's the key so those are kind of like big picture things on my plate and then you you know you have a thousand other things that are going at the same time but i try and i try and uh, leave those in the capable hands of others. So,
1: um, it's, it's speaking of the partner thing, uh, for me and my wife, like she's always wanted to get me to do this, but she's not super tech savvy. So Mm. the fact that we were able to find this as a quote, like equal ground or equal footing, I'm like, this works for me. She goes, Oh, well I'll update it and I'll use it. And, And I'm like, okay, great. And so I got excited about it. Plus yes. the fact is that, you know, we're each using it, the, the app, I mean, having Alexa, we have a, we have a, a <laughs> Echo upstairs and to be able to say, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And we're, it's creating what, what it's also done. And I don't think people realize this, especially with partnerships is, you know, you end up not having to sit down and talk about money as much, and you can actually just enjoy date nights. Like you can go on a yeah. date night where you're not like, okay, well, let's talk about the fun. Like I actually have what we call, we actually have this in our house called the effing meeting, and it's food, finance, and family. So we talk about like Love we're going to eat for the yeah. week. We're talk about finance. We're going to talk about family activities, and money plays a role in that in all of it, of really. Course. Like what are we going to yeah. do as a family? What are we? Gonna... But we sit down, we have that, and then when we want to sit down and watch a movie or want to go out for dinner, we're not saying, "Okay, well, what happened?" Like we can actually go on a date and it be a date and not talking about like the business of the household which is really that I mean a household running a household is a lot like that um yeah. and to the business aspect coupled with profit first um for my business I'm like oh I can go and buy that drone that I want to use for fine, for for overhead YouTube shots because mm-hmm. I have cash flow I have this oh I'm bringing people on oh I can I can do this project that I wanted to do because of this it's just really freeing. And again, it's like anything else. It's habitual. You have to get used to it because there is the auto, the automation isn't, you know, technical, it's mental. It's the mental yeah. automation going, I've got to update App. I've got to update app This is going into app And once it does, once it just becomes part of it, um, you're just, it's flow. And that's yeah. what I really, really like. So yeah. Jesse, this has been great. Um, I don't want to keep you much longer, but, uh, you, where can people keep up with you and your work? And obviously, I mean, how how can people – what's one – let's go over – before we wrap up, we talked about the two rules for sure. Let's yeah. let's close out with the other two rules so that people have a sense. We don't have to go too deep into them, but talk about those real quickly, and then where can people keep up with you?
0: Yeah, so the third rule, we kind of hit on it the very first. It's weird that it's a rule, but it's called roll with the punches, right. meaning – uh that when life changes you just change your budget the budget is a fluid thing rigid budgets break
1: yeah
0: and so we want a flexible budget that's adaptive just like you go in with a plan for your day and then you get a call from the school and they're like hey you know so and so forgot their shoes Mm -hmm. you know whatever yeah what's
1: that what's that quote by eisenhower uh when going into battle i find plan planning to be useful but plans useless
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. So that that is rule yep. three. It's yep. must it's universal. Yep. So we adjust as needed. The fourth rule we call it aging your money. And it's the idea that the dollar you earn today, you won't spend until you know 30, 45 days from now. Or said another way, a dollar I'm using today, I earned 45 days ago. Right. The first three rules will get you there. So there's no, nothing to do with that fourth rule. It's just kind of, it's a mode of operating where we're having people step back from the financial edge a little bit mm-hmm. and, and not live paycheck to paycheck decision quality increases mm-hmm. when you aren't living paycheck to paycheck or client to client. Right. So in that sense, we just want people to have a little more breathing room between them and imminent demise of their finances. And, this does the job. Right. And, so, and, and that
1: removes the, ur- we talked about urgency and emergency earlier on. When you do that, all is, of a sudden that urgency, because yeah. when you are faced with urgency, you're in a time-based mindset. You may make decisions yeah. that are like, you have to make them quickly, but they may not be the best ones. Whereas if it's yeah. a task-based mindset, so you've got the resources, you can go, okay, let's sit with this. And, and we have, again, clair- greater clarity. You have time on your side so you can make these choices. And they, they, the likelihood of them being better choices is higher, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Options are wealth. So a little bit of space between you and that cliff, that's, those are options.
1: See, we've dropped so many one liners during this episode. <laughs> people are going to be like quoting them. In Huff Duffer and all those, uh, what is it? What's listen notes? There's going to be just a bunch of one liners for us. There we go. Yeah. Episode. That'll be great. <laughs> Jesse, where can people keep up with you and the work? And thanks again for taking the time today.
0: Absolutely. So the website is you need a or if you're trying to be productive, wineapp.com. You just type in those four letters, same spot. Uh, I'm not on any of the socials or anything for uh, productive reasons, Mm -hmm. but uh, people can email me at jesse at YNAB.com and I'm happy. I'll respond either Monday or Thursday, not always the next Monday or Thursday, but it'll be on one of those days for sure. So
1: Awesome. Jesse, thanks again for joining me for a productive conversation today.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Man, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm so glad that I had the time and the the attention uh, and all that stuff and the intention to talk to Jesse. When Jesse uh, and I decided to have this conversation, I was elated. I'm glad that we were able to do it. I'm hoping that you enjoyed it. If you did, you don't want to miss a single episode of What's to Come. You also want to probably hear some of the past conversations I've had, and you can do so by subscribing to the podcast. Just hit the subscribe button in the podcast app that you're using. And by the way, if you want to... Uh, check out more of the show notes beyond what is in the podcast app you're using go to productivityist.com slash podcast 397 you can get all the show notes there as well plus You can also easily access the sponsors of this episode. You can go there. You can also go to productivities.com slash podcast sponsors to look at all of the sponsors of this podcast, as well as ones for this particular episode. That's it for now. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me for a productive conversation. I'm Mike Vardy. And until next time, I'm reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.